0: My homily might be a little shorter than normal, so that's that's a good thing. Messianic secret. <clears throat> Today we hear Jesus telling somebody not to reveal something that he's done for him. Or in the case of the demons, when he exercises demons from people, the demons say, I know who you are, Jesus of Nazareth. And he'll say, silence. he will silence the demons not to reveal his true identity. Who is Jesus? Well, Jesus is God. He's the word of God made flesh. The demons obviously know this. But the people too, when he cures a person of leprosy or he cures them of being deaf and mute, etc., they'll frequently say, don't tell anyone. And then they'll go and tell people. It's really, really hard to hold back something that's super, super important in consuming you from telling no one at all. This is called the messianic secret, messianic, the Messiah. He has this secret, and the secret that Jesus has is that he's God. He's been holding this secret since he entered the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in time he'll reveal the secret, but not before it needs to be revealed. If he reveals it too soon, then he can't complete his mission, which is to create his church and to create members of the church and catechize them, instruct them, etc., and get them ready for his departure. If he's revealed too soon, then the Pharisees will put him to death, etc., and then he will not have completed his mission. So when you put something in the oven, it takes a certain amount of time before it's ready. If you pull it out halfway through, it's not going to work. So he's got the secret. Some people start catching on, and he's like, but don't reveal it yet. When people betray the secret, then bad things happen. And Jesus here, it says that because this leper, former leper, had publicized the whole matter, the report spread abroad, and it was impossible for, to Jesus to enter a town openly. Jesus couldn't just walk into a town now. People would mob him. He was like the Tom Cruise of his day or whatever. He's just You couldn't just walk into... Stevenson Washington up the river and think that people aren't going to go crazy so you'd have to always kind of like Aragon and Lord of the Rings kind of come in with a hood over his head sort of thing, kind of deal and, and conceal himself but the other part of it was that he, he had to remain outside in deserted places, it meant that he had to sleep now on the ground in the desert outside of the towns etc in the hills and whatnot. Now, that wasn't fun all because somebody couldn't keep a confidence. And keeping confidences is hard. Two of the Ten Commandments are broken when we betray confidences. One is, thou shalt not lie. There's, I'm going to talk about that. and The other is, thou shalt not kill. Those are the two commandments that come into effect when we lie, betray confidences, or slander. These are sins of the tongue. All right, the first one here is betraying the confidence. When there is a true confidence, and sometimes, you know, children will say, don't tell anyone, and they've got something superfluous or ridiculous that's a secret sort of thing, and you can keep the secret because it's a meaningless thing or whatever sort of deal. Or sometimes a kid has a secret they don't want you to tell, but man, an adult needs to know. So they come and tell you something, you know, An uncle or a dad is abusing me or something. An adult needs to know, sort of thing. So you're going to need to betray that confidence because it it needed to be. That information needed the light of day, kind of thing. But for the most part in life, there are confidences given to us, either formally granted, somebody says, please don't tell anyone else, or the opposite, you get a piece of information and you know that for the greater good, it needs to remain silent. So if I hear 3,000 confessions a year, I guess they all go to the grave with me. If you add up 3,000 a year times the decades and decades of hearing confessions, how many secrets go to the grave with me? And we've just got to be disciplined about that. We have to be virtuous, and virtues are hard to hold these confidences and and we know that when we betray one, when we let one out, and we immediately start feeling like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I've done that before, and it's not helpful. And others have done it to me, too, when I've had a confidence and somebody has betrayed it. That's not good, either. So there's that. The other is a just good old-fashioned lying so in those, you know, it could take the form of embellishing a story, you know, making it a little more better than it was sort of thing. But it's not true. What was said is not true. And the truth of the matter is, too, that life is filled with so many kind of amazing things that we really don't have to embellish. That reality itself is compelling enough especially the reality of the things of God in heaven. But there's embellishment, and then there are little white lies. A lot of times, white lies to get out of something or to to not make somebody feel bad kind of thing. And on that one, I would say this. Think this through. If the white lie is me telling a lie so I can get out of something, then think through those moments and how in the future you won't lie and what it is that you will say or not say. So maybe it's along the lines of, hey, can you do this thing? You say, no, I've got this other thing that I'm doing, and it's a lie. We don't have another thing. We just didn't want to do that thing. Well, maybe you can just say, no, I have other plans, Which is true. And the other plan is, I wanted to sit on the couch and watch TV. That was the other plan. Uh, And it's true that that's a plan. I wanted that downtime or whatnot. And I have to say those things all the time. Uh, You guys are actually very respectful of my time and understanding that... I have a very full life. That, that, and some of you, when you need to talk to me or see me, will say, Father, I know you're so busy. And so I apologize for taking your time and say, all right, all right. Uh, but sometimes people say, Father, can you do this or do this with me or do that, da, da, da. And I have to say, uh, no, I can't. And the reason is I've got another thing that I need to tend to. And the other thing that I need to tend to is I need to be alone in my office getting some work done. That's the thing that I need to tend to. Or I need to go home and be by myself because I need to restore my nervous system sort of thing. And I'm being honest about that. I'm just saying I've got another thing that I need to take care of. So I won't be able to do that. So if you think through that, you think, yeah, that actually is a pretty, it's an honest answer. And I don't have to lie. And it makes sense. And the other person would understand that. Or saying, I did something when we didn't so that we don't get into trouble. How about this? Just get in trouble. Just make yourself look bad. That's okay. It's not the end of the world. You know, your, your boss says, did you get this thing done? Say, no, I didn't. The boss says, well, why not? You say, I was lazy, and I'm sorry. And I won't do that again. I'll start working on it right away. And the boss might look at you like maybe I should punish you for that, but the boss is probably going to be taken aback by your honesty and go, okay, well, then I'll see if you actually do it. I have a brother who my dad would brag about and say, well, this one son never lied. And I guess it's true. My dad would say it, my brother Chris. He'd never lie. My dad would always be taken aback by that. And he'd say, did you do this and that? And Chris would say, no. Then my dad wouldn't know what to say or do. He'd be like, oh, I haven't had a son who didn't lie in the face of that, that question. <laughs> Which made me feel bad because it was like, oh, well. You know. The cows are bellowing, bellowing in the corral and say, Did you give the cows water today? Yeah. And then my dad, you, then why are they bellowing? I don't know. And then, of course, I slip out through the basement door, run down, and start giving them water. And then dad comes down to the corral and literally sees me giving water, and he knows that I just flat out lied to him, sort of thing. But it's okay, it's okay to show people that you're not always virtuous, that you're not always holy, and that you fail them, that you fail them. It's not the end of the world. And then in being honest about that, that might be a catalyst for improving yourself and doing that less frequently in the future. And the last one is slander. I remember words are powerful. Through words, God created all things. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Let there be the universe, and there is the universe. And understand the grandeur and the glory and the infinity of God. I mean, it's like we can't even begin to imagine. where We're petulant and we go, I don't like you, God. You don't do anything for me and I suffer for you. We have no idea how glorious he is. He's like, you have no idea of what little I'm asking of you to suffer for me and what you'll inherit for it. The the Pleiades, Pleiades and Orion in the sky. Pleiades is part of the Milky Way galaxy. It's another part of our galaxy. The light that we see when we see the Pleiades constellation, that light left Pleiades thousands of years ago. Thousands of years ago. If Pleiades doesn't exist anymore, we won't know that for thousands of years. Because the universe that God made is so enormous. And all of it's in mathematical precision. The nearest galaxy to us, Andromeda, is millions of light years away. So when you look up in the the sky and you see that one little star, that's the galaxy Andromeda. And the light that we're seeing from it left there millions of years ago. That's how grand God is. Words are powerful. He said, let there be the galaxies in the universe. Let there be my glorious heaven. Which is more glorious than the universe? Let there be life. Let there be love. Words are powerful. And so if I say, I hate you, that's damnable. That is incredibly destructive. If I use my tongue for evil purposes, it does incredible damage, just as it can do incredible good. So we need to be careful how we're using our tongue. Gossip. As we read through the lives of the saints, we realize, well, gossip is just slander. We just say, oh, it's just gossip or whatever. But God would never gossip. Jesus would never gossip. And the saints would never gossip. They get it. No, gossip is just slander. It's just slander. And slander takes a few different forms. The form of detraction is what we will sometimes accuse ourselves of. I said something about somebody that was true, but I shouldn't have said it. Okay, that's, maybe that's true. And we shouldn't have said it, and there was damage that came from having said it. The other part of that, though, is that we say, well, I said something about somebody, and it was true, and I shouldn't have said it, but frequently it wasn't true. We thought it was true. We thought we had added one plus one equals two, and that this person did or said that, and therefore... But we're not actually certain all the time. And sometimes we're literally wrong. They didn't say that or do that. But we think they did, and so we excuse ourselves and say it was okay to, to, to reveal that. But it wasn't okay. It wasn't necessary. And sometimes it is necessary to share things about other people that aren't flattering and aren't good. If there's somebody who's causing a, you know, a d- difficulty and whatnot and you know that that person struggles with mental illness, then maybe sharing that with that one person who's dealing with the drama of that helps them to understand how to deal with them. That's not slander. That's helpful and it's necessary information. Or if there's somebody who's a thief and they've ripped people off, etc., etc., and they've come to somebody with a deal, it's actually an act of charity to inform the other that this person has betrayed other people in the past and to be wary of entering into a deal with them. Those are all... Totally legitimate things in our day and age of television and the twenty four hour news cycle and all that I just see i just hear constant deception and lying and slander I have to say uh, national public radio i don 't have any i don 't have series or i don 't have cable tv i don 't even have a tv i don 't have uh, any of that kind of stuff I just have regular broadband whatever radio and my cat chewed through the, the line sort of thing so I only get like three radio stations. The Catholic one which is really amazing. Well that's amazing. The Catholic one, uh, it, OPB and one other 93.9. Something like that. Anyway. So I listen to OPB sometimes and I just think the deception is just profound. You know, They constantly portray pro-lifers as evil people Those who are champions for uh, reproductive freedom and rights, they're just talking about child killing. Those who are champions for killing tens of millions of children, these are the real heroes of our day. No, that's diabolical. And they use that whole wordsmithing stuff for that. Or these really sympathetic stories for the transgender children and people. No, you're doing incredible harm by misleading people into thinking that they can be a gender that they're not. Anyway, back to detraction. If we say something about somebody that's not true, and it damages their reputation, then that's calumny, And calumny is exactly that. Where we say something about somebody that's not true, and it damages their reputation... And sometimes people do that on purpose all 's fair in love and war. sometimes in war, we say things about the enemy that 's not true to try to damage them, etc, and to weaken them, and what have you. But people do this all the time, all the time i 'm hearing this. In the, our regular political discourse, and you know, all of these other things about these other people, and da da da, sort of thing, calmly. And I know that maybe all of you think that, well, I don't do that, I don't lie about other people to damage their reputation. But then I go back to detraction and say, but have you? If we reveal something about another person that we think is true and it damages the reputation, but we left other things out, then that's calumny. For example, I share one thing about you that's bad, but I'm aware of a number of other things about you, about the situation or whatever it was, that if I shared that with the listener, they might have a completely different picture of who I'm talking about. But because I didn't and I left that information out and only gave them this, now they have a very different idea of who or what I'm talking about. So by simply leaving information out, we create a false impression. And that's a lie. And that's slander. So it just gets back to this. That like all the other virtues, we have to learn to use our tongue. In a holy and constructive way, and it's a learning thing. We're not born with it. We have to. I saw a little child who lied for the first time. I was at a friend's house, and these three little boys. And he was like maybe two or something. I don't know if he was even two or something. <laughs> the little guy, uh, he had said. Uh, Who did this or whatever? And he knew it was the one little boy who did it because he saw him do it. And he said, it wasn't me, it was Luke. He pointed to his brother. And he turned to me and said, that's the first time he's ever lied to me. He's two years old. We've been doing it since we were little tiny guys. But by the grace of God, and his grace is marvelous and powerful, and by our own conscious awareness of what we're saying, We can rein in those betrayals of confidence, those lies, the little ones, the big ones, and the slander, and the slander. And in reining all those things in with our tongue, it allows life to go on, better things to happen. And then we might even, in the process, begin to realize how we can use our tongue for good things, for healthy things. I love you. Those three, things, those three words can change the world. A person who wasn't in love with another person hears a person say, I love you. And then over the next 24 hours, they've fallen in love with the person who just said, I love you. Because those words are so powerful that it compelled me to fall in love with you. It's amazing how powerful words are. So, when Jesus says, don't share this with anyone, then don't share it with anyone. When Jesus says, say the good things that people need to hear. Don't tear people down. Don't lie. Don't slander. Just love people as I love you. And use words like I use words. It's amazing how much better life is. Amazing how much more we live with ourselves and our own conscience in a better way. And it's amazing how much good we can do for others.